Let's begin now. Welcome in to the evening. Stone Dust Band tonight because he was on uh, Coding Gold earlier today, which it will be tomorrow as well. I'll be on with Kling in the morning, so it'll be a fun. Julio Sanchez here producing the operation. It's kind of a double duty for you, right? Eh, you're always a double duty, Julio. I glad am. to be with you once again. I love it. That's what I signed up for. We go back a long time, my man. Too we long. We go back a long time. We've got a lot of football to get to tonight, Julio, and a lot of fun. Some fun things happened today, huh? We've got a lot of fun to be at, and a uh, certain story I know you wanted to get into. We'll get into that later. Interesting sports topic from uh, overseas. It's still sports. It is. Kind of. It is overseas uh, to this event. But Frank Clark, now a Bronco. Did you see that one coming? Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Frank Clark uh, agreed to a one-year deal with the Broncos, according to multiple sources. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter that Clark's deal could be worth up to $7.5 million, including $5.5 million base salary that is guaranteed. And that was probably about what he was going to be making. It wasn't going to be a pie in the sky. It was going to have to be, you know, one-year deals. He's in that, uh, you know, Carlos Dunyap, Felix Ngakwe. He's in the uh, clowny range. You know, you bring in these pass rushers for one year. See what they still got, but he's still a young guy. And we all know how good pe- uh, postseason Frank Clark was. Well, he's like fifth all-time in postseason sacks at this point. The guy just gets after. But you surprised at all that he's uh, gone? I'm not surprised that he's gone. Well, I'm we surprised gone, that he signed with, with the Broncos. Well, here's the thing with that. And I am curious about your reaction. Enter text line 913-586-7610, the J. Southland Toast Service text line. Does it bother you that Frank Clark is a Bronco. Did it bother you when Neil Smith went to the Broncos? Did it bother you when Albert Lewis and company would go to the Raiders? Or if you're a Raiders fan, did it bother you when Marcus Allen came to the Kansas City Chiefs? Is there loyalty in sports? And I say, no, it doesn't matter. First of all, these guys aren't from here. We'll just press preface it with that. Because there's some people that are mad. Oh, Frank ends up with Denver. First of all, it was a job offer. And when you can make up to $7.5 million, you know what you do? You take it. Ask the PGA Tour players that didn't take the live golf contract. Oh. Ask them about like, if the opportunity is there, sometimes you got to take it, right? Yeah, I'd be mad if I was uh, the PGA. Yeah, that, that's a whole different situation. And maybe they'll but... figure out how to pay these guys back. Tiger and Rory and all these guys that stayed around could have taken that contract. We'll see no how that loyalty. goes. But a different, different, different deal here, completely different deal when it comes to loyalty. But if the guy's not is from it? here, well, here's the thing with the Broncos. They've been told this is a rivalry. The question is, since Frank Clark's been here, the Broncos have been irrelevant. The Broncos have been a sad sack organization that goes through head coaches. Now they have one in Sean Payton that's won a ring and done things differently. But put it this way, they haven't beat the Chiefs since Peyton Manning in, what, September of 2015. He's in the Hall of Fame already. That's the last time the Denver Broncos beat the Chiefs. So Frank Clark just hasn't seen it. He hasn't seen those Denver Broncos beat the Chiefs. And, yeah, there's a lot of animosity from the old school, you know, Chiefs fans. You know, guys like me, you, Julio, we know who the rivals are. It's it's the Raiders, even though the Chiefs have been dominant 
over the Raiders. They've never lost in Las Vegas since they moved there. You know, they've been dominant over the church. They've been dominant over everybody in this division. 37-5 and five since 2016 against this division. Oh, good. Now, now Frank Clark can get a taste of what it feels like to be on the other side, on that losing streak side. It's not like them signing him is going to make the Broncos better than the Chiefs at this point, right? That's no, that's not what that signing's about. Not at all. And so, supposedly he money. and Frank or he and Sean Payton hit it off, whatever that's yeah. supposed to mean. But the bottom line is, yes, I know text line. He's no Neil Smith. That was completely different because the Broncos were good when Neil Smith went there. They won some rings when Neil Smith went to Denver Broncos. That was a different era. The Broncos used to own the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what time Zelway was a real thorn when you played them, and it went back and forth, the Chiefs-Broncos. That was a rivalry. I consider that the Chiefs' real rival, to be honest with you. Even though the Chargers kind of looked upon the Chiefs as kind of a rival, we didn't look at them nah. as a rival. The Raiders' historical, since Ben Davidson spiked Lindos, and that's the historical rival. Marty Schottenheimer made it a point. Beat the Raiders. It's Raiders week, gentlemen. It's Raiders week. Well, the Denver Broncos, to me, became the thorn, Julio. Once they started beating the Chiefs regularly, once they started putting rings on their finger, it was you got to beat that team. And the Chiefs have 15 straight games against the Broncos. So the more you think about it, yeah, Frank Clark is a member of the Denver Broncos, and you hate to see it. You hate to see anybody that wore the red, won rings with the Chiefs, end up a Denver Bronco. I, I actually kind of like it. But does it really matter, though? That's the question. Because, again, I'm from here. I know the rivalries. I know who you hate, who you don't like. But if you're not from here, you went to school at Michigan, you're playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you go to a team that is essentially sucked versus the Kansas City Chiefs. In snow, without snow, different head coaches, different quarterbacks, doesn't matter. They've still lost every game since Peyton Manning. But that's that's why I, that's why I kind of like the signing. One, it's not like the Chiefs let him go, right? Like the, the, that was their decision and their decision not to re-sign him, right? They asked him to take less money, rightfully so. He shouldn't have, and he signed with the Denver Broncos. That this, I think, this signing actually puts a little bit more juice back into this so-called rivalry. So it makes it a little bit more interesting. Otherwise, we, I mean, it's not that exciting. I mean, it, would, it wouldn't be this year. So it brings a little bit of excitement to it. No, it's not. And for the text line to say that Frank is no Neil Smith, well, here's the thing. Neil Smith never won with the Chiefs. Frank Clark's won two rings. So you can say it's no big deal. But I'll say this. When Neil went there, it was a rivalry between the two. And I don't blame him. I don't blame players for going someplace. If a team wants you, you go. The bottom line, if they're willing to pay the cash, you go out there. And you know what? Here's the thing with Frank Clark. is I noticed the big difference from him last year. It was different. We've talked about it a lot as far as in training camp. I mean, Frank was like an educator. He was helping a guy like Carl Loftus, putting him under his wing and, you know, helping him develop and grow and be the player that, that you wanted to see. I have no problem with that. I, I actually liked Frank Clark last year. Well, and I think last year kind of put him in a much better, after we won the Super Bowl, put him in a much better light with Chiefs fans than in previous years, right? Because we kind of only did get part-time Frank Clark, and it was a little bit of a turbulent relationship, right? As far as regular season Frank Frank Clark versus postseason Frank Clark are two different things, and I know fans, including myself, were a little frustrated with that. And it's okay to feel like that, yeah. But the bottom line is, that's essentially what you get him for. It's like yeah, Sammy Watkins. That's what you get Even if say, well, Sammy Watkins shows up in the postseason. Which he did when he wasn't hurt. He was very good. He was almost 100 yards receiving per game with what he did. 
But Frank Clark in a situation like this, he wasn't. <laughs> Listen, Neil Smith, yes, he's got almost half or double the sacks, Frank Clark. He's like at 104 and a half. Not in postseason. Frank Clark's got the 58 and a half. No, but postseason, here's your list. Most sacks in 1982, and he started to count the sacks. Willie McGinnis, 16, leads the way. Bruce Smith, 14 and a half. Frank Clark now was fifth. He's third. Third all-time postseason sacks, 13 and a half. Terrell Suggs, 12 and a half. Reggie White, 12. We don't see that number going up anytime soon now that he's signed with the Broncos, right? I, I don't, unless they sneak right? into the playoffs and he goes, oh, he's one sack behind Bruce Smith. Yeah, he's not going to catch him now. I mean, can Denver sneak in? No. No. I will say this about the Denver Broncos. When you think of best quarterbacks in this division, it's Mahomes. Then it's Herbert. Russell Wilson third now? The Raiders have nobody, man. Jimmy G may or may not play for him. They can go with the rookie Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. They going to go with Brian, no connection, Hoyer. So the Broncos do have the yeah. third best quarterback in the division, correct? They do. They do. Who's got the second best coach in the division? I believe it's Sean Payton. Because yeah. he actually knows how to win in the postseason. He's yeah. won a ring. He's a proven commodity. And then you got Brandon Staley and you had Josh McDaniels that they haven't peed a drop in the postseason. Except Staley got to the postseason, lost to Trevor Lawrence and the London Jaguars. Well played. Who are looking for a new stadium, by the way? In London. Whatever. What <laughs> I don't think they're going there. Nah. But they've, they've talked about this new they, they, uh, where they play now was open in '95, and they've done no improvements. Every other stadium in the NFL has got improvements, but Jacksonville. Remember how proud that organization was. Remember how much crap they were talking. Duvall, Duvall, in all this. If they go to London, what are they going to do? I don't think they're going to, but again, no. never say never when it comes to pro sports. Just You can't say never. That was proven this week. Very true. Very true. And the NFL has wanted to move over there from time to time. I'm going to say, what is a rival? It's, it's not historical anymore. It's cyclical. I mean, Kansas has gone through this in basketball, Julio. I mean, Kansas State's becoming more and more of a rival because they've been better basketball. Iowa State was that way for a while when they were good. With the Royals in 14 and 15, it became the Blue Jays because of Batista. A little bit of the A's. It, it was the A's, the Brett Laurie. And they were a good team. Met him in the playoffs. And then Baumgartner. Brett Laurie, yeah. And then Madison Baumgartner, <laughs> who still strikes fear in the hearts of many. Still one of the best Halloween costumes ever. But that was the Royals. It was cyclical. <laughs> it was the White Sox because of the, uh, remember the Kane Holio? Yep. Where they had the fights. When Chris Sale tried to go into the, what, dugout and get you know, Ventura in the clubhouse. Yep. So we've seen some rivals that are cyclical. Right now, if I said who's the rival for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's very simple. I would go Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, I'd probably go Cincinnati Bengals. I'll say Bengals first, probably. Absolutely. Bengals, I would go first because they've had the upper hand except for the AFC title game last year, but they're, they're, they're talking a lot of junk. Even their mayor talks junk. To me, the Cincinnati Bengals are public enemy number one. And this comes from someone who grew up in Kansas City. And has always respected the rivalry between the Chiefs and Raiders, the Chiefs and Broncos. But Cincinnati, the Chiefs have moved out of the division now. It's it's on to who's good in the AFC. Who's going to be that thorn in the side? Who's going to be that one team you don't like? Well, it's been Buffalo. Hell, it was the Ravens before that. 
Before that, it was the Patriots. Like, you have to find a way to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Well, they did. And they would draft to beat the Patriots. They brought in Steve Spagnuolo to beat the Patriots because he's done it. We're in their undefeated season. The Pittsburgh Steelers are always a team that the Chiefs admired. But now they're the king of the hill. Who's trying to climb it? Well, the Ravens did because they almost printed T-shirts when they beat the Chiefs a couple years ago. And then, well, they gave us Orlando Brown and pick 58 to turn into Nick Bolton. Oh, and by the way, those rival Bills gave us the 10th pick, which they selected Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs were built upon their rivals being nice, which is insane because they wouldn't do it again if you asked them. Of course not. But that's who you see as the rival. Miami, eh, they've been talking a lot of junk. We'll see, but they're not, yeah, not that level yet. It. And I have some fun stuff from Miami coming up here in a little bit later. But the, the Buffalo Bills, for sure. The Bengals, number one. Bills, number two. Bengals, Bills. I guess the Jets, if Aaron Rodgers can prove anything with New York. Yeah, it's too soon to put them up there. I mean, I'd put the, I'd put either the Broncos or Chargers, maybe? Yeah, the Chargers should be. Yeah. I, I consider them the biggest threat in the AFC. Yeah. But how good are these teams really against the Chiefs? I mean, that's the real question. Again, Andy Reid, 37-5 and five against the division since 2016. That's, uh, that's a pretty big disparity. Andy Reid versus the Raiders, 9-1 in the last 10, 15-2 in the last 17, 16 in the last 20. That's a 17-3 record. Versus the Chargers, he's 7-3 in the last 10. Don't forget that one game they played the JV. The Chargers like to talk about winning that game, even though the Chiefs rested their starters. Chiefs are 15-3 in their last 18 against the Chargers. Versus the Broncos, 15 in a row. Bengals have beaten the Chiefs recently. Three times. Beat them in the postseason. Beat them in the regular season twice. Of course, they didn't win the AFC title game. Made it close. Made a nice run. And there's the Bills. They've lost the Chiefs in the postseason. They've beaten them a few times in the regular season. But I put them one and two versus the Chiefs. It's not this division. As much as the media wants to hype it up and say it's the Chargers, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, just like Amazon says, all right, this is our first game ever night last year was Chiefs and Chargers. But who's the real rivalry? Because I, with Frank Clark going to Denver, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter at all because the Broncos have sucked. Doesn't move the needle. He's going to a crappy football team. Might as well go to the Tennessee Titans. Let's go to Ty in Sedalia. What's up, Ty? You know, I really don't even care that Frank Clark's going to Broncos. Yeah. Like they're all saying, they're not a rival anymore. They nope. can't beat us. They don't know how to beat us anymore. Ever since they lost Peyton Manning, they couldn't beat us. So I could care less if that Frank Clark is going to the Denver Broncos. I'm glad he's getting paid because we didn't want to pay him because, I mean, he wanted too much money. But I'm glad he's getting paid, but – most of us shouldn't be caring that he went to the Broncos. They're not going to compete for anything. They're not going to go to the playoffs anytime soon, even with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. They're not going anywhere. In the- no, I agree with you. I mean, you look at the hierarchy of quarterbacks in the AFC, you know, where does Russell Wilson even fit in there? I put my top 10 quarterbacks list out, and we'll go through that in a little bit. Who's some of the great quarterbacks in the AFC? I will say this. It's a good list. I will say this. I do have Deshaun Watson in the top 10. Yeah, you have to. I think so. Are we talking just AFC? Either way, AFC, NFC still is, I think. Here's the one thing with Deshaun Watson. People don't, don't really want like, to, but they don't like to bring him up or, you know, talk to him because they off the field stuff. Right, I get that. But the bottom line is you do have to talk about him as the quarterback. 
And I know he was hurt. Last, or no, he wasn't hurt. He was suspended. Came in nine games, seven touchdowns, five picks. But he's still a guy that has beaten Mahomes in the regular season. He did blow a 24-point lead he against did the Chiefs lead, in the postseason. Yeah. But their whole team blew that lead. And the bottom line is, he led the NFL in passing the year before he kind of had all those massages and had to sit out. Wait, Massage. was benched. What? Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you. But the bottom line is, he's still there. He's still a good quarterback, isn't he? He's just getting no run. Is he, though? I don't Everybody's know that we can say Everybody's talking about Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and all this. They're forgetting Deshaun Watson can play football. Like, Deshaun Watson is still a good quarterback. Now, he, yeah, he was rough last year, but he's playing for Cleveland. And he had to sit at all those games. I'm just saying, I understand off the field. Again, this isn't anything off the field. This is on the field. He's been allowed to play, so he should be talked about. I don't disagree. I'm just saying Deshaun Watson sits in there, so... I don't know, but I don't care about Frank Clark going to the Broncos because, again, he's not from here. Who cares that he went there? He's getting a paycheck, a very handsome paycheck. So, you know what? Go ahead and do that, Frank. And the bottom line is you're going to a team that hasn't sniffed a victory versus the Chiefs in the last 15. So, how do we really feel about it? It's not like Denver's been winning the division or – Beating the Chiefs or anything. Chiefs won seven divisions in a row. Well, he's already got two championships. I mean, he's got two rings. What is go for the money, man, at this point. Go for the bag. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, yeah. what are going to be here? Yeah, I know guys like that. Chris Jones and stuff like that wanted him to come back, but that's the business of football. And we'll see with Chris Jones because I do think they're going to re-sign Chris Jones, spread out that money, get some money, and they'll have some money for maybe D-Hop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to go D-Hop. We'll actually talk about him next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Back, Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. We'll check in with our friends at Arrowhead Pride coming up at seven for the latest on the press conference. I got some interesting bites. I love something Gabbard said when asked what's the, what the uh, how similar Mahomes and Brady are. He gave us a great, great response. Yeah, we'll get that. I think you'll like it, Julio. All right, I think you're going to like great it. Great tease. Nick Schwartz going to France. I know this has nothing to do with this show. But you know Nick. I know Nick. You're a guy that's uh, going to have some nuptials coming up. That's true. That's true. Nick wasted that opportunity to get engaged in Germany. He did. Will he get engaged in Paris? I mean, it's pretty much a given at this point, right? I think he's kind of pigeonholed himself. I don't know, man. He said that he he did some quote or something from somebody that said that uh, make it unsuspecting. I guess Michael Massey or something told him. Do it uh, when they're not expecting it. Obviously, she probably expects it to be in Paris, France. I mean, I, I would hope so at this point. I'd be disappointed if it wasn't. Just take her to Topeka. Uh, Get it done there. The, the the jewel of the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, Just why not? Just get it done right there. Why not? Uh, Nuke is going to visit the Titans. And there's a lot of people thinking this visit already happened. But Nuke, a.k.a. DeAndre Hopkins, 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins, he turned uh, 31. Back on the 6th of this month, Julio, I believe that was uh, 48 hours ago, two days ago. 
Do you remember your 31st birthday? Solid math by you. Uh, no, it's like probably like my 30th and probably like my 32nd. I shy away and don't pay people that have been injured like that and they're 31. Like, I disagree with what a lot of Herm Edwards says. Clearly, he said some dumb things like about yeah. the Chiefs. How can they handle being he, the hunted? He's kind of going off the edge, isn't he? Well, he was in college he's, football. He's, and, he's losing it a little, I think. Well, I, I didn't agree with that, but I did agree when he was here and said you pay the guy the arrow going up. You don't pay it if it's going sideways, and you don't pay for it if it's going down because too oftentimes people Brilliant. and teams pay for what you've done. Now, what you're going to do, what you've done. Yeah, but not so much in the NFL. Maybe maybe in, like, baseball, I'd say that's probably the case. But NFL's never, at least for the last decade or so, has been more about what have you done for me lately. There's some teams that do it and some don't. The Patriots never did. That's why Ty Law and all these guys walked when they could have gotten new contracts. Uh, Joseph Adai comes into the Colts. They let Edger and James go. Everybody's, oh, what are you doing that for? Adai, they draft Adai, he comes in, wins the ring with them. I mean – the Chiefs have done it, though. The Priest-Holmes thing, like, he got that extra contract mistake, when they already though. had LJ on the roster. They'd already spent pick 27 in the first round on LJ and yet still paid Priest. That didn't make a ton of sense. No, no, it's... Yeah. You have to be careful, but Nuke is making his first visit to the Tennessee Titans. That's where he's decided to go. And it's going to be on Sunday. He shows up on Sunday. So he'll be there Sunday Monday. Will he take the first deal? Will they offer him a deal? And you're finding out a lot about him because he talks about wanting to play for a great quarterback. I was going to say, it doesn't check any of the boxes that he's laid out for us. So is he using this as like a negotiation piece or is he actually serious about this visit? Tennessee's going to suck. Yeah, they're, they're not in the hunt and they don't have a great quarterback. They're not. And you'll find out a lot about DeAndre. And he may be at the He'll situation He'll be the number now. one, though. Well, since he got an agent, his agent, well, he didn't have an agent, but he, didn't, he went and got an agent last week. But his agent might be like, hey, man, you're not getting Odell money. I know you want Odell money, but you're not going to get it. And that's a shame because Odell kind of screwed things up. Like, like Devontae takes Adams one team, did. man. Devontae Adams screwed up everything a year before that. He signs a mega deal, and all of a sudden the receivers just, the contracts went off the charts. Even Christian Kirk's getting a ton of money. Everybody's getting a ton of money. Well, Odell goes out and gets the big money. Because had he not signed that, these guys would have been in a real bad spot. And here's the thing. Fred, he's already done. You're sitting here summer. Anybody can have you. Anybody can have them. They're at the last week of OTAs. Uh, Chiefs still have a mandatory mini camp coming up here, 13th through 15th. One more day of practice tomorrow. They're going to work on the Lions tomorrow. The Chiefs OTAs, last round of OTAs, started the 6th and in the 9th. But he's going to visit the Titans. And supposedly the Browns are getting cold feet and went out, according to Mary Kay Cabot. They're no longer the, the front runner because Deshaun Watson was with, you know, Hopkins. Down yeah, in that's not. It's uh, probably not the best connection. But you've heard about the Chiefs and Bills being like, okay, because they both tried to get this guy. They're going to the wait draft. to see if he falls. Well, see I said if there's going to be a desperate concern. enough team. I thought he's going to be released. Oh yeah, I said that right I, before. So, in the character concerns, yeah. I said this, this smells totally like Arizona's playing chess, and the rest of the NFL powers of be are smart, and they're not going to play chess with you if they know you have to release a certain player, and clearly they know that. Some people are high on DeAndre Hopkins. Some executives say we could be cooling off. That's what Albert Breer had in Sports Illustrated. Could be, could be cooling off. But D-Hop in Tennessee, you're going to find out real quickly how bad he actually wanted to win a ring and if those teams are actually interested. Who, who's actually interested in him? Anybody can have him at this point. And if it's an arms race between the Bills, who are probably at the situation to go ahead and push all in. Yeah, but 
They're in more of a desperate mode than the Kansas City Chiefs. But they're are a little more handcuffed handcuffed when it comes to to the salary cap than the Chiefs are. And the Chiefs so, could definitely get some money with Chris Jones' extension. Right the Chiefs seem happy with what they have. It's what they're saying. But they said it a couple years ago when Juju didn't come here because they really tried to bring in Juju and got him a year later. Ended up getting another ring once they had Juju. So there's certain things that the Chiefs, you know, through the tea leaves, you say, well, I think they kind of want that veteran receiver. We, we think we like the receiver room. We think we like the direction they're heading and what direction they're going. But it would give you a little bit of peace of mind to give Mahomes a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I, I think they they want they would like to have him like as it's a luxury. But I think they are also comfortable with what they have in that room right now, and they can go either. If if they don't get them at the right price, they're not going to be heartbroken. And good for them. That's what's made them a great franchise over the last five five to eight years of just being sticking to their principles and not overreaching and not overpaying individuals. The most yards since 2016, one Kelsey, two DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. The longest active. He's still a good player in, in my NFL, book, man. DeAndre Hopkins. I'd one, love to have him. Travis Kelsey, number two. Yeah, he would be. He would be. That would be a very dynamic one-two punch with him and Kelsey. You would have the number one. I and think number so. Two streaks in the NFL. Yeah, I think so. For and, catches. Yeah, with Kadarius Tony as as your third primary pass catcher, that's a pretty solid. That's probably top five in the NFL. I'd say. I'm just curious top how three. this thing works out. How bad does he really want? Because we all know it's about the money. It's always about the money. Yeah, There's nothing I wrong think with it's. That. I think it's a money thing for him, though. I, I really truly. If you want to come do. here and win a ring, you'd find a way to fit it in. If it was about the money, he Jesus. would have. I think the Cardinals could have traded him, and he would have restructured that contract to go to a team where he could win it. Actually, have a shot at winning a championship. But even if he comes here with Pat, he has to think. All right, if he gets over 100 catches, 1400 yards, to say. Who's going to want him at 32? Well, and that's the thing. is like, like He's so really old. long-term at yeah. 32? He can put up a top three wide receiver stats-wise this season. He's still not going to get that contract. Father time, man. He gets you in the NFL, and these guys yeah. are sometimes slow to realize it, especially running backs. Dalvin Cook, you know, going to be released by the Vikings. Yeah. Release day. They still have another what, day to try to trade him, but not gonna life comes at you quick in this league. Coming up next, though, Julio, gambling at the workplace in the NFL. They have an issue, and they've uh, got Tom Brady now to put out a message uh, for the NFL because they think they'll listen, they'll listen because of him. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Bright lights, said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with love to spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Viva. Las Vegas. You know the A's men don't even go there now? Working on a boat? Seemed like they jumped the gun a little bit on that one. Huh? I, I, I don't know what they're going to do, man. I bet they find a way to get to Vegas. They're going to find their way out of Oakland either way. I always thought the NBA would be in Vegas first because they always had those yep. summer camps there. But then the uh, Did they have some all star games there. In. They're going to get a uh, Stanley Cup here soon with the uh, Golden Knights. Yep. They already have one, don't they? No. They went the first uh, year, but they did not win. They're about to get one. And of course, the Raiders are there and they can't get out of their own way. Usually you want to make a splash in your new city, man. Well, when you, when you have a 
triple A team playing in major leagues. I mean, it's kind of hard to pass anything. We're, we, we can kind of relate to that right now, can't we? Ugh. Did you know the Broncos, we talk about that long streak the Chiefs had, that 15th streak? Yep. You know, before that streak started, the Broncos had won seven straight? I did. Seven straight against the Chiefs. So we've doubled that. You look back, the last 22 games between the two teams have been decided by one team and the other. In streaks, not just decided, of course, games are decided between both teams, but not in streaks like that. Seven, and then the Chiefs doubled it and added one to 15. But the whole history, they, they'd won Broncos and win four straight, and they went back and forth. They'd win two, Chiefs win two, and that's kind of how it went. But ain't a rivalry anymore, Julio. Not a rivalry. You pay any attention to some of this uh, gambling? Because some it seems like the oh, guys yeah. didn't get the memo on some. Yeah, of I don't know if is it the players' fault? Is the the uh, players' association for NFL? I don't, I don't know, know who, whose, whose fault, fault it is. All of but, the above. But there's probably a lot of people sweating on what's been done. Oh yeah. Now, granted, if they place things in the offseason at the facility, I say who cares, but I'm not the NFL, and they do care. But there's three rules, Julio. Three basic rules for the NFL. And you know one and two. They're pretty simple. Do not bet at the team facility. Don't do it. And don't bet on the NFL. It's very simple. Just don't bet on the NFL games and don't make any bets at the facility. Here's actually the three rules. And CBS Sports did a great piece on this. All NFL personnel are prohibited from placing, soliciting, or facilitating any bet, whether directly or through a third party, on any NFL game, practice, or other event, draft, or combine. Because you can bet on the draft and everything else. This includes betting on game outcomes, statistics, score, performance of any kind. CBS, is, this rule is pretty clear, and it applies to both players and league personnel. No one is allowed to gamble on any NFL-related events. Very simple. Two, betting on other sports. All NFL personnel, other than players, are further prohibited from placing, soliciting, or facilitating bets on any professional organization, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, MLS, et cetera, NCAA basketball, you name. Now, that's players or... Yeah. And if, but, but no, they're just NFL personnel. Yeah. You, you the know, I had to take can bet I, on that stuff, but they can't like the PR guy, like a Brad G can't bet on the NBA. Area. No, I, I can't bet on it. So being a, an employee of the Kansas city chiefs, I had to take an online gambling course and I cannot place bets at all on anything, anything sports related. And even I know that. So for a player not to know that, that's just, it's just not smart. So NFL personnel can't do it. I, Players can if it's other sports. Did you really? That makes to, no sense to me. But yes, that's correct. How did you do to go through this course? It's an online course. It's an online course. Yep, that you're required to take. That is correct. Okay. So CBS, this rule is slightly more confusing. NFL players are allowed to bet on other sports. How does that make sense, though? But other league personnel are not allowed to bet on any sports. So you are technically not allowed to bet I'm on. Not anything. allowed to bet. No, I am not. You can go to casinos in the offseason. I can gamble. I just can't season, gamble on can't, sports. Right? I just don't gamble in general. So No gambling in the workplace. Um, although players are allowed to gamble on other sports, they're not allowed to make bets while at the team facility or venue. Pretty straightforward. But I know the NFL, they, they bring the refs in in the offseason, explain the new rules and all this. A lot of guys got this memo. I don't know why certain guys haven't. 
Or they did, they just didn't pay attention. Or, but, but or a don't lot care. Of it, a lot of it's been betting at the team facility, but it hadn't been on NFL games. Isaiah Rogers has been on Colts games. So they hired Tom Brady. The NFL likely hired Brady so that players actually pay attention to the gambling education video. For players, the league's gambling policy is actually pretty simple. There are only two rules that they need to follow. They can't bet on NFL-related events, and they can't put the bets at the practice facility. So they're bringing in old Tom. It's a nice ploy. We need somebody they're going to listen to. Do players listen to Tom Brady or they tune him out? Or should they have done this with a guy playing now? Should they have done this with Burrow or Mahomes or Josh Allen? should have kept it more relevant to current NFL players. He is the greatest of all time. He is the GOAT. I mean, he is the GOAT. So if you're going to pick anyone outside of active players, he's probably who you should go with. (laughs) I love the fact he says here, and this is 100% true, the NFL likely hired Brady so the players actually pay attention to the gambling education video. I mean, I just don't understand, like, why even you make this much money in the NFL. And I'm not, some players obviously make more than others, but you're in the NFL. Why are you even taking a chance on betting anything NFL? Like, I don't know. It just makes no sense to me. And I don't feel from sorry. From the facility, for I mean, the Chiefs don't have to worry about this because you can't make bets from the facility legally. It's true. It's very true. We can't out here because it's in Mission, Kansas. You can't. I cannot. Are you still going to do your deal with the Chiefs? I will. I'll be there next season again. So no betting at all on sports for me, including horse racing. Not even horse racing. Not even. It's still considered a sport. Now, what's the policy on casinos? You can go, but just not. I mean, season. I can gamble. I just can't bet. As long as it's not sports related, it's doable. It's funny the players can do it, but the yeah, that makes can't. no sense. That rule makes no sense. Like you would think, if anything, it'd be the opposite of that, right? Players shouldn't be able. to to bet on anything sports related employees, just not on the NFL. Since that's really the only thing you have any kind of direct. I mean, players would know players are friends with people in other leagues. They know that's, but that's what I'm not. saying. Yeah. They that's... would know more actually than NFL personnel. Exactly. So it should be the opposite. I don't know well, why that like it doesn't you, make sense to like me. Like the players would probably know more about injuries going on in other sports than, than you, Julio. No offense yeah. to you, but I'm sure that no. they talk to each other. Yeah. I, it makes no sense. Would you pay attention to a Tom Brady video? Did you have a video at all? No, I would not pay attention to Tom Brady. I bet the Tom Brady video will be available. Sure. It has no impact on me whatsoever. What would you have to do to get 100% on the score? Uh, yeah, it was pretty much a true-false with obvious answers. It's pretty so. cut and dry, though, man. It Just was. don't bet at the it facility was. and don't yeah. bet on the NFL. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. I don't know if they need Tom Brady to tell them that, but, hell, why not? Why not tell Tom to do it? I guess it doesn't hurt. But... The NFL should have made damn sure these players all knew about the ramifications. Well, and we don't know the they other side like of done, it. They act like they've done it. So I was going to say, we don't know the other side. Like maybe the NFL did go through a bunch of hoops to try and educate these players. And some of them, I mean, you're not, you're not going to hit. Everyone is not going to take the time to listen and take it in and absorb that, that information. It's off season in so the weight room have, or the bathroom or whatever, hop on their phone. The only way people are going to, actually pay attention is when individuals actually get caught and there's severe penalties to it. These guys are competitive. 100% competitive. You start messing with their money. Yeah. Big things change. Yeah. Uh, Coming up next, uh, I've always had fun with this, Julio. Going back last year, remember the whole Tua 
to his accurate and all this because he was throwing passes <laughs> in his shorts and they were showing it like slow motion. Yeah. Even they were underthrown. Mike McDaniel, the head coach of the Dolphins yesterday, spoke and I had a hard time listening to it. It was that bad. The defense of Tua continues. Keep in mind, this is a guy that can walk away with just one more hit, right? Interesting, interesting stuff from Mike McDaniel next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Chiz producing the operation. Dustman back with next week. He's been on uh, Coding Gold. Uh, he'll be there tomorrow, too, because Nick's going over to Paris. To, uh, to do what? Tua? Tua? That's one way to phrase it, sure. To uh, uh, go there. He was uh, to uh, go propose. Tua. Tua well last year, nice quarterback rating. Led the NFL in quarterback rating, but not in completion percentage. Tua was 20th in the NFL with a 64.8 quarterback percentage. Mike McDaniel, his head coach, and keep in mind, remember last year he connected with Tyreek Hill? Like in practice, wearing shorts, right? They made a big deal of the, you know, the catch in the shorts. You got slow-mo video of the whole deal. And he was defending himself, talking to me. Hey, you guys saw what happened then? We scored a touchdown. You weren't shorts, man. Keep this in mind, too. Tua is one hit away from probably walking away. He had the comp to play coming back this year or not. He put on some weight. I don't know if you've seen the offseason videos. He's looking buff. It's why, honestly. I don't know if it's going to help. But. And I know I know the Patriots, one, one win difference between them and the Dolphins last year. Bilicek doesn't always stay down forever. He's a good mastermind at that. Jets are better. The Bills are better in that division. To me, they're going to be fighting for third or fourth. And they don't want to see that because it's a hell of a roster. Yeah, had in Jalen Ramsey to the whole situation. But here was Mike McDaniel and what was one of the more confusing answers we've seen, Julio. Make sense of this. You're less um, concerned about the uh, really good plays. You know, your, your attention is less drawn to that, and it's more about consistency of the entire practice, like just like a game um, where you can have some, you know, he, he had uh, – his games where he made some big time plays and then, um, you know, he wasn't as happy with, you know, the, the rest of the game. So kind of looking at from through that lens and he, he's really been one of our more consistent, if not, I mean, he's been as consistent as anybody, um, day in, day out, which has residual effects to the whole team. And I know, um, the team can feel it as well. Team can feel it as well. That's uh, Mike McDaniel. First-year head coach last year of the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, he went checking all the boxes. There's a lot that goes into that. You know, I think year two, um, the prerequisite is that he, as the quarterback, he has to have ownership of everything he's doing and what everyone else is doing. Um, as the uh, uh, facilitator of the of the offense, and he's checked that box every, every day. Check it's it. been really cool in the year's time, how 
he's not only learned the language, but is now fluent in it. And um, that that opens quarterbacks up to doing some of the components of the job that um, are really – it's really hard to try to be the leader of an offense um, and motivate guys and encourage guys um, when you need to or, uh, you know, may, maybe be hard on guys when you need to when you're just trying to spit out a play and know your own assignment. Um, so I went into this offseason hoping – um, that I would see uh, a graduation of sorts and really have every single day. They talk way, way, way too much about Tua. Remember last year, Tyreek was defending Tua left and right, what he can do. Then his, his, his podcast, his partner, a podcast part, oh, she's Trinidad Ducky in Kansas City. Would you want to cover that guy every day? He, he sounds like a, a stoner. Does he not like? It's hard to listen to almost. It is. He sounds like he sounds like a stoner. But I, I, I just don't get the whole thing. And then there was old, you know, the the whole Tua, you know, the defending of Tua last year. I mean, of course they're Tyreek's going to. Though, they're they're supposed never, to. But I've never seen players defend their quarterback so much because you know what, quarterbacks don't need defending well, if they go out and do their. That's job. Why it's a red flag? Exactly. It's a red. You flag. think the Chiefs need to defend Mahomes? No. You think the Bills defend that Josh Allen? No. You think Lamar Jackson needs defending from the Ravens? No. You think the Bengals are defending Joe Burrow? No. You think the Browns are defending Watson? Yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know about that one. But the, the whole Tyreek Hill, um, remember last year? A strong as on. Two or Pat Mahomes. Tua or Patrick Mahomes, obviously, like, I'm, I'm going to go with 1-5 as the, the strongest arm. But as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. Silly. So which one would you rather have? 64.8%. You got to try to go find it. Nah. You want that accuracy to hit you right in the bread basket on the run. <laughs> I want it to hit me right in the bread basket, just like I did in the Buffalo Bills game and take it 70. And the yes. rest is history. And again, this is not a shot at anybody. Right. Yes, it is. It's just stuff that had to be said. It needed to be stuff said. That he said that was him no, last year, Tyreek on him. I didn't need to be said at all. It's just everybody's defending him. And when you're defending your quarterback that much, it's not a good recipe. It's not a recipe for success if you're doing that much defense. I mean, you can defend him, but, like, let's not be ridiculous here. This is That's just craziness. And one big hit. I mean, we also saw him lay on the turf in Cincinnati where his fingers started moving real weird. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That was scary. Yeah, it was a scary deal for Tua. That was scary. Again, one big hit, and this guy probably walks away, to be honest with you. And he probably should. Oh, he talked He talked about retiring in the offseason. I know. But then you got players defending him. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com, next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.